Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. It's so great to have you along with us as we take a moment to take a look at the book. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture because we're not in a book study right now, but a subject study. What I hold in my hand is a series, a five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. Do you know that the most used word in the book of Revelation is angels? You need to understand angels, how they were created, what their responsibility is today, how they will play into a Jewish person's life, a Christian person's life, and what about angels in the future? Well, that's what I cover in this five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. We're going to take a moment and listen to Angels and the Jews, or at least a portion of it, and when we come back, I'll tell you how you can get your copy of Angels and Prophecy. But right now, let's listen and study how angels have an involvement in the last days with the Jewish people. Because the next king he's going to talk about is Antiochus the Great. One of those four kingdoms basically heading up the area that we know as modern day Syria. He was the king of the north. And so you study that, and then you go down to verse 21, the fourth personality is going to come along. It's the son of Antiochus the Great. His name is Antiochus Epiphanes, or Antiochus the Madman. And from Daniel chapter 11, verse 21, all the way over to verse 35, he unfolds and tells detailed information of how he would come to power, what he would do when he came to power. Look at verse 30. And the ships of Shedem shall come against him. Therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. The arms shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. 360 years before it ever happens, Daniel has a message from Jesus, writes it down, pre-writes the history of Antiochus Epiphanes coming into the temple, using flatteries to come to power, manipulation. He comes in, goes into the temple in Jerusalem, takes a pig, non-kosher animal, slaughters the pig, takes the innards of the pig, throws it on the altar to desecrate the temple. Took place 168 B.C., December the 25th. Keslov 25, same as already December the 25th. And so the abomination of desolation. By the way, Daniel 8 had also given information about how this was going to happen. Verse 8 and following. And Gabriel was dispatched to give him the interpretation. And so Daniel knew that this would happen. 360 years before it happened, it happened like he said. Then it says, after the abomination of desolation, look at verse 32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupted by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And here he's talking about the Maccabees under Matthias and Judas Maccabee who come to power in 168 B.C. One of Antiochus's henchmen, Antiochus Epiphany's henchmen takes Matthias Maccabee just off the side of the city of Jerusalem and he says, you slaughter this pig and worship me. To one of the Jews there and Matthias goes up and kills him before the Jew can desecrate 
his belief. Why? God's having to keep a pure bloodline. Satan is trying to contaminate, destroy that bloodline. And the Maccabees rise up and they defeat Antiochus Epiphanes. And on 165 B.C., December the 25th, Keslov 25, three years to the day later, the Maccabees are victorious. They defeat Antiochus Epiphanes. They walk into the temple, find enough oil to light the menorah for one day. It lasts for eight days. Thus, Hanukkah. The Jewish people say every time we have a disaster, we have a holiday. We don't need any more holidays. What their statement is. Tangible evidence. That's the evil prince sent to Grisha. Tangible evidence of how it's happened. Persecution through the Gentile, the perpetrators. He now starts to persecute the Jews. He uses another avenue. Since he couldn't contaminate the line the way he wanted to, since there was a pure line going to come along, since the Jews were brought into existence to bring forth a Messiah through this beautiful Israeli woman one day. He says, All I, if I can't contaminate him, I'll wipe him out. That was yesteryear. I talked about Herod the Great. What about today? What about today? May I suggest something to you? There were a man rose to power in the late early 30s through the mid-40s. A man who rose to power by forming a coalition with the president of Germany. A man who rose to power first becoming prime minister because he just had a couple of votes. He was a crazy man. But ultimately, when the president of the country died, he became the leader. A man named Adolf Hitler, who had his one goal, wipe out every Jew upon the face of the earth. They're the curse of this earth. Kill the Jews. Where did that come from, by the way? It came from a wrong theology. 400 years before that, a man named Martin Luther had come out of Catholicism. But he brought something with him. An anti-Semitic thought pattern. Mindset. He wrote tracts. The Jews are responsible. He established the National Church of Germany. The Lutheran Church. And because it was totally anti-Semitic, this wrong theology, just that far off in that area, I'm not saying Martin Luther wasn't a born-again man. I'm not saying he didn't do a great thing at the Reformation. I'm saying he had a wrong theology as it relates to Jews. And started out wrong over here, ended up 400 years later that wide. And the people who had been permeated with a wrong theology said, okay, we're not necessarily going to join with Hitler. We're just going to let him do what he's saying he's going to do. Oh, by the way, it has been documented, not by a Christian but by public broadcast that Hitler was totally involved in the occult, in demonism, evil fallen angels, sold out, possibly demon-possessed, absolutely demon-controlled to wipe out the Jews. What about today? The Islamic faith. One billion, with a B, Islamic people 
that some say we need to collaborate with. Let me tell you something. Muhammad, 7th century, was a man out of a false, satanic, godly religion, worshiping in a culture that was permeated by those that hate Jews, developed the Islamic faith, selected a god. Allah is not another name for the god that we worship. Mark it down. It was the name of the moon god, documented by Islamic encyclopedias. Don't have time to develop all the reference work I've done on this. The moon God. Oh, by the way, you know what their symbol is? The crescent moon with a star? Do you know what Mecca was prior to Muhammad coming on the scene? It was the center of satanic worship. Mecca had every god you could think of there. The Quran, which is supposedly that which purified the uh, Arabic language. There are over 100 words in the Quran that are foreign words. It is not the purification of the Arabic language. It is a holy book that calls for the demise of everyone who is a non-believer. Be he Jew or Gentile in the city of Bethlehem, not long ago, scrawled on the wall in Bethlehem, less than a mile from my house. We, have taking, we are taking care of the Saturday people. Next, we'll take care of the Sunday people. And we have some kind of weird thinking that says we want to sit down and coexist. We can't coexist with satanic influence, in my opinion. By the way, those nations that will come against Israel in the last days... Syria, king of the north, Daniel 11. Egypt, king of the south, Daniel 11. Libya, Ezekiel 38. Sudan, Ezekiel 38. Iran, Ezekiel 38. Turkey, Ezekiel 38. All Islamic. But Russia's in there. That's right. And do you know they have collaboration with the six southern republics of Russia, which all are Islamic republics? There's 60 million Islamic people in the former Soviet Union. Couple that with the Russian Orthodox Church, which is totally anti-Semitic, which is driving our present government of Russia, which says that Jerusalem came to Rome and then moved to Moscow. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that Satan dispatching his evil powers to national leaders. Past, yesterday, today, tomorrow. Look at Daniel. Look at Daniel with me again. As we look at tomorrow, look at, well, first look at Jeremiah. You're going back to Daniel, but Jeremiah's not very far away. Look at Jeremiah chapter 30. Let me show you what the Word of God says about the future. Jeremiah. If you got Daniel, go back two books. Chapter 30. Jeremiah, 
chapter 30, verse 7. Jeremiah, looking down the corridors of time into the future, is given this prophecy. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. That time is great, like none before. Daniel, now go to Daniel 9. Daniel 9, 27. Daniel 9, 27. Daniel 9, 24. By the way, Martin and I have done a series on the back, if you're interested, the Daniel Papers. It'll explain more of Daniel 9, 24 to 26. It's in Daniel 9, 24 to 26, talking about the time the Messiah would come. We have an expert in chronology, biblical chronology, on the broadcast that shows us how Jesus Christ appeared on the day he was to be there. Very interesting study. And it was talking about 490 years in Daniel 9, 24 to 27. 483 of those years, 173,880 days to be exact, have already been completed. And they were completed the day Jesus Christ stepped on the Mount of Olives. Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And he said, if you'd only been reading the Bible, you'd have known I was to be here today. So those first 483 years, or 69 weeks, or 173,880 days, have been completed. Angels and Prophecy is what we've been listening to. It was one portion of a five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy, and we were focusing in on how angels play a role with Jews in the last days. In fact, in the first coming of Jesus Christ, there was a lot of angelic activity. Well, when Jesus Christ comes the second time, angels will play a key role as well. Remember, I told you earlier that angels, that word, or its plural, is used more than any other word in the book of Revelation. If you'd like to have your copy, go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and you can make your order there, or you can call our toll-free number, 877-674-3298. Easy way to remember that is 8-PROPHECY-8, 8, 877-674-3298. Make that call and order your copy of Angels and Prophecy. By the way, I am so thrilled that you're studying prophecy with us. Let me just continue to remind you that the next main event in God's calendar of activities is the rapture of the church. And you know what? That could happen even before I conclude this sentence. Well, having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...